This is episode two of Drag Talk. I'm Sean McCabe, and I'd like to begin by thanking my producer, Shane Laurie, from Behind the Sport, for producing these shows and giving me the opportunity to launch Drag Talk on his Behind the Sport media platform. Also, a massive thank you to modified bike racer Ian Reid for his contribution in episode one and his advice and support since. Well, on the back of a spectacular January 7th night of fire at the Perth Motorplex, with over 4,000 spectators witnessing the atmosphere and the excellent racing, including some new personal bests achieved, the compiling of an incredible quartet of victories so far this season in top comp, a trifecta of victories in competition bike. The familiar scent of methanol and nitromethane was in the air, as was the sound of screaming turbines as the breathtaking jet draxers hit the track with their incredible afterburner flames racing side by side down the quarter mile. And finishing off a spectacular night of fire by lighting up the January night sky with fireworks. It really was a great night and a credit to the Perth Motorplex management, race control, all the staff and volunteers, and of course, our drag racing family. Thought I'd quickly review the results of the Night of Fire, and we'll start with Group 1, the Dial Your Own Handicap category. Start with Junior Dragsters. This was a Battle of the Brocks. Brock Moresby was the winner from Brock Ferguson. In second place, runner-up. On to Super Street. Well, the winner there was Craig Caton on board the uh, HX Holden Monaro GTS. And the runner-up there was Peter Ford. Peter Ford, I should say, in the Nissan Skyline. Okay, moving on to Modified Bike. And the Modified Bike winner, back-to-back winners, was Ian Reid on board the Suzuki Hayabusa. Runner-up was David Partington on board the Kawasaki GPZ. Modified, Jeffrey Acton. He was the winner of Modified. And uh, second runner-up was Paul Ryan on board the Woody Gilmore front-engine dragster. Moving on to Super Sedan. Brody Zapier, the 1997 Chevy Camaro, was the winner. And runner-up was Kyle Higgins, the 1971 XY Ford Falcon GT. On to Top Sportsman, this was Chris Rowe. He was the winner there on board his Ford Mustang. The runner-up, LB Bakrinich, on board the Chevy Monte Carlo. Supercharged Outlaws, now we ran a B final and an A final. Let's start with the B final first. The winner was Jody Mellett, and the runner-up was Jessica Mullins. On to the A final for Supercharged Outlaws, and it was Casey McClure taking home the chocolates on board the Don Davis Dragster. Speaking of Don, the runner-up was Donald Friend on board the 2001 HSV Malou. Okay, now we move on to Group 2, which is the the, uh, Class Index and Class Handicap competition bike, Class Index. Winner was Daniel Natalotto on board the Kawasaki Ninja ZX-10R for Street Bike Drag School. The runner-up was Brett Godina on board his turbocharged Honda CBR1000. We move on to top competition, and we ran a B final and an A final. Looking at the B final, the winner there was Bailey McClure with a personal best of a 6.56 with a 7 at 346.52 kilometres per hour. Well done to the McClure family. Runner-up was Madison Brown. And uh, she races, of course, the Boston Strangler 2, which is a supercharged funny car, the 2000 Toyota Celica body. On to the top comp A final, and this was Marino Galotto, another successful uh, bag there for the Galotto family. And uh, he took out victory there in the A final on board his Lexus SC400. Runner-up was Sam Treasure on board the uh, supercharged 
Hemi V8, 1923, altered 4T bucket. There's a mouthful. Try and spit that out again. Got on your sand treasure. Well done to the treasure family. Now, moving on to Group 3, which is Heads Up Racing, and this was uh, an absolute pleasure to witness uh, again. Benny Stevens uh, took out victory in Nitro Bike on board the Remine Harley-Davidson. The runner-up was Kevin Gummo, Triumph Puma. What a Kev. Now on to the WA Nitro Max, which is where we rounded out our night. We'll start with the B final. And the B final was James Kemp. He took out victory over Michael Brooks. Michael Brooks racing Nitro Mayhem. On to the A final, and it was Tim Stewart on board Thumper, the 1969 Chevy Camaro. He took out victory over Shannon Taylor in the 1941 Ford. The Nitro altered. So that was the way it all ended up after a, a magnificent night of fire there at the Perth Motorplex. Uh, just looking at some upcoming events. So we've got the Nitro Nation. That's coming up on Saturday, the 28th of January. That includes the AA Nitro Max 2. Round four of Nitro Bike, round four of the Direct Mining and Industrial Summer Slam Series, plus all our Summit Racing Equipment Sportsman Series races. Qualifying begins at 11 a.m. Make sure you uh, don't miss this one. Also, uh, coming up a little bit later on is Motivation 37 in association with Summonets on February the 3rd, 4th and 5th at the Perth Motorplex. Make sure you check that one out. Also, Formula Tech Performance Will Pass Wednesday presents the Perfect Dial-In ET competition with $500 on the line. That's right. You have the opportunity of winning $500 if you can nail your dial-in elapsed time. And uh, this particular competition, jackpots by $100 each. Formula Tech Performance Will Pass Wednesday. Information, www.motorplex.com. .com.au, but just to repeat that, that is the Formula Tech Performance Whoop Ass Wednesday perfect dialing competition, $500 that will be jackpotted each week if it's not claimed. There's some big dollars on the line there. Great opportunity to bring your street car out on a Wednesday night, uh, do some passes, have some fun. And as I say, between 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock roughly, we run the perfect dialing competition. I've got a couple of guests coming on. I've got Roger Morehouse and Kathy Regan from Super Sedan, and I'll be speaking to them very, very soon. All right, well, folks, we now move on. We now have our guest from Super Sedan, and it is Roger Morehouse. Thank you very much for joining us, Roger. How are you this afternoon? Uh, yeah, great, Dawn. Uh, working hard on uh, the cars at the moment. So, uh, yeah, um, doing very well. Well, uh, working hard on the cars, I can understand you've got uh, just on, what, uh, about eight sleeps before you're out there for the um, Nitro uh, Slam? Or should I say Nitro um, Nation coming up on the 28th of January? Yeah, absolutely. So you're just doing some last-minute touch-ups for the car and um, getting it ready. And, uh, yeah, working on the other one more so. But, um, uh, yeah, the Tori's uh, doing very well and just uh, some regular maintenance on that one. Okay, you speak about the other car. Roger, which one is that? Please tell us about that. I know you've got the uh, the SLR 5000. Which is the other one? So I've got a full-chassied um, HRU. Um, that we campaigned for a very short time in Supercharged Outlaws. Gotcha. Uh, when, when I thought it was very short, it was like one meeting. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we ended up um, having some troubles with that car, so we put that one aside and we continued to campaign the Tirana. Um, but with the Street Outlaw guys uh, coming over, I've decided to uh, put it all together and, um, yeah, we've done a call-out with that, so hopefully... 
we get selected. And, um, yeah, so it's a bit of a mad crash to get that one done at the moment. So, but, um, yeah, um, looking forward to, to that to make it happen. Yeah, I can understand that, Roger. Um, just uh, you spoke about the ute. Was that Stuart uh, racing the ute or was it yourself, Roger? No, that was me. That uh, was, okay. That yeah, Stuart had a go in the Tirana last year, um, but uh, um, that's the only uh, car he's raced uh, in his adult career, so to speak. He obviously had his junior there for, for some time, but, um, but yeah, he's, uh, um, he's uh, looking to get onto some bigger and better things as well. I certainly understand that. Roger, you race in Super Sedan. We run through a dial-your-own handicap racing system uh, with a full or sportsman Christmas tree. How does dial-your-own handicap racing work um, compared to uh, um, index racing? How does it work for you, and uh, what's your dial-in as a rule? Yeah, so the dial-in changes pretty much every run, um, and it can be by the smallest of margins. We're, we're literally standing in the staging lane um, going, do we go uh, 9.07 or 9.08? We're literally down to the fine tuning um, of, uh, of yeah, hundreds of a second right up to um, three or four minutes before we break the chains and go, uh, go up the track. So uh, I love it. Um, I mean... Super sedan racing is just—it's the pinnacle of, uh, or you know, it's any of the dial your own. It's the pinnacle of your engineering of your car versus the mathematics of, of uh, the racing versus the weather. Uh, you need to, you need to have a degree in every single one of those to be able to uh, get things right. Um, and it's one of those things. When you get it wrong, I'm telling you what—you get it wrong. Uh, when you when you get it right. Um, the cars uh, are very, very consistent, um, and uh, it, it seems like it's easy when everything goes right, but it's certainly not. There's every racer that's down there puts a lot of effort into um, getting things right, um, and sometimes it works for you, and sometimes it doesn't. So it's just one of those uh, things. If you uh, you just got to keep going. It's funny, um, you're darn right. No, you speak about the presentation of your car. It's absolutely beautiful, the SLR 5000. But uh, interesting you say that it uh, doesn't always go according to plan. So far, you've had a pretty good season. Roger, you're uh, on 370 points, uh, 375 points, I should say, just five points ahead of uh, Kathy Regan. So you're in first and uh, Kathy's in second. You actually had a pretty good outing there. Uh, up, he actually took on Kathy in the final of Nitro Max 1. And uh, yeah. Was, yeah, Kathy actually broke out, which was a bit of a surprise and I realise you actually dialed in a 9.05 on that occasion Yes I did uh, I think, I can't remember what the actual run was, maybe a 9.07 Yeah, well, 9.07.3 um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was pretty I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, if, if that was my dial in and I ran a 9.07, a couple of hundreds within it, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that so, um, so yeah, that was pretty much on the money um, uh, that night um, and obviously the tighter you make it, the the easier it is to try and push your competitors to uh, breakouts and uh, and things along those lines as well. When when you drive, what we call driving the top end. Um, so yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, that was a great night, and obviously the first night, so it was a great start to the uh, uh, to the the year. And um, uh, the last couple of meetings, we've struggled a little bit. We've still got good points. Um, but we have struggled a little bit. We uh, tyres started to go off a little bit. 
we weren't um, getting off the line as well as we normally do. Um, so I had to, unfortunately, with just like 90% of the races now, you know, you order a set of tyres and about two months later they arrive. So, yeah. um, so I had to run probably those tyres for a meeting longer than I would have liked. Um, so, yeah, we, we probably struggled a little bit last meeting. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got some new tyres now, so some new shoes on the girl, and she's looking good. So I'm hoping that we can come back out again uh, next Saturday and do really well. Yeah, well, indeed, you had a win in round one in the Nitro Max. Uh, you got uh, 65 points in the Golden States, 80 in the Blown Alcohol All-Stars, and the Summer Slam Series are 60. So you had um, Chicago shootouts um, in the Summer Slam Series. You had a loss to uh, Lee Watson from Beat the Heat. You beat Glenn Sturkenberg and a loss to Grant Sterling. But what's really interesting is you took on both uh, Glenn Sturkenberg and Grant Sterling again in the Chicago shootout of Night of the Fire. And uh, you had a yeah. yeah, you had a Lost to Glenn, unfortunately, but a win over Grant. Yeah, well, it, it, and that's Superman racing. It, it's so tight that you win one week, you lose the next. You know, it's um, that, that's what makes it so good. Um, uh, you know, with with the racing and uh, look, some of the guys um, have their, their packages have been just absolutely unbelievable. Um, like I think that the, the night that Glenn beat me. Um, his reaction and his dial in total package was like, I think it was like 025 or something. Um, I mean, my light wasn't even that good. So he beat me well and truly before I even got off the line, basically. So um, that's the sort of bike in Superstand. There's no um, easy beats, that's for sure. Everybody is, is really, really um, good. Um, you need a little bit of luck on your side, and I think I've had that as well. So I'll take that while it comes my way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, great racing in the bracket. Certainly is, and I've been looking at your reaction times too, uh, uh, Roger, and you've been extremely sharp. I mean, I've got a .015 reaction time. In actual fact, the opponent was a .019, so talk about both out of the blocks yep. pretty darn quickly. Yeah, your reaction times have been extremely good. Um, but uh, Roger, yeah, look, I- yep, please. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So I must admit, I have the, the car has been set up really, really well. I struggled a little bit last meeting um, with the reactions, and I think that was because of uh, having a bit of tyre issue. But you, you're dead right, and that's kind of what's been happening. Is you cut a good light, but the guy in the, or the girl uh, next to you is cutting just as good a light. So it's uh, it's really tight. Yes, and Roger, I want to ask you about your car, the LX uh, Holden Tirana SLR 5000. Yep. Look, when I was a young lad, that was the car I wanted. I wanted an SLR 5000. I couldn't actually afford one. Well, it, you know, just that state of life. I was working as an apprentice, and Dad was all about buy yep. yourself a house and not a car, Sean, um, and uh, didn't actually didn't eventually get one. But, gee, I tell you what, it's great to uh, see it out there. How long has it been in your family, Roger? Uh, so we've had the car now for probably coming up to 14 years. Um, it was owned um, by uh, Ryan Freedom, me. So um, his surname just um, goes away from me. He, he runs in the Pro Stop bike. Um, he uh, he owned it before me, and before that, Kevin Bolton owned it. Oh, um, really? Gotcha. And used to, yeah, used to campaign it down at... Um, uh, Ravenswood. So it, it's a car that has been around for a very, very long time. Um, uh, I haven't even painted it. Um, it's 
still the same as what it was painted 20-something odd years ago. It does. If you come up nice and close to it, it does have the odd things and dents and scratches, but it is a race car. Um, but the combination of the vehicle is very, very different to what it was uh, um, back then. Gotcha. It's funny when you talk about, uh, you know, you can't see the dings in the car, for instance. There's, I think there's a rule, 30 metres or 30 kilometres an hour you can't see. Uh, that's one of those, <laughs> those old-fashioned motorsport ones. But, uh, yeah, look, she's that's absolutely cool. brilliant. And it's great to uh, to hear the history of it too, uh, Kevin Bolton. Um, and that was back in Ravenswood days, so obviously talking prior to 2000, so the mid-90s, uh, mid for, for instance. But, yeah, she, so uh, what changes have happened to it uh, in that time, uh, Roger? Yeah, so going back, I think Kevin ran it originally with a 400 Chev. Um, I purchased it off of Ryan with a 350 uh, Chev uh, under the bonnet. Um, it was very much like a street-type motor. I think it ran 12 seconds at the time. Um, I quickly did some changes. wanted to run it in Super Street, which we campaigned it in Super Street for many years. Um, it won me a, a gold uh, Christmas tree uh, 2012 uh, at the Western Nationals uh, as a Super Street car. Uh, we also travelled it to Sydney and um, uh, Willow Bank that particular year. Didn't have much success travelling, unfortunately. Absolutely loved the experience, but uh, the car wasn't very successful. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was really a couple of years ago that we decided to step the car up. Um, so I got a, a brand-new engine block, Dart engine block, um, and uh, we decided that we were going to go with a power adder. So we had a look at uh, what we were going to do, whether we were going to go turbo, nitrous, um, or you know, maybe supercharger. And uh, um, with the, we've got this only still on uh, standard suspension rear end, um, and it's obviously a small tyre car. It's only basically sitting on a 235 tyre. Um, so it's very, very small. And uh, so we you know, thought, well, supercharging um, uh, out for a roots-type blower, turbocharging is just as much hassle um, uh, with that. Um, we had never played with nitrous before at that particular point in time. So we were, uh, Procharger was everything at that stage. Everybody was looking at that. So we, that was what we decided to do was go with the Procharger. So we've got the little um, Procharger on this thing now. Um, it's only running about uh, 14 pounds of boost. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just runs on um, VP Racing, the MS109. And... Yeah, power glide behind it with a, a nice strong nine inch at the back, and um, it's yeah, very very solid, uh, reliable um, car. Certainly is, and uh, with the Pro Charger tucked away on the side of the engine, it means that uh, you know you don't have something bulging out of the bonnet. Also, so she looks you know nice and almost stock standard, uh, you know almost street worthy, or should I say, uh, street licensed effectively as an SLR five thousand. Well, believe it or not, she actually is still street licensed. Oh, gee, um, I didn't realise that, Roger. Sorry about that. Yeah, look, I don't drive it on the street, obviously. It's got straight-out exhaust and things along those lines. But, um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why we decided to go that way. Uh, that, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't chopped the rear end on it uh, or anything along those lines. Everything is original location. It has all been beefed up, obviously. Of course, but, yeah. Uh, you could literally drive it out on the street tomorrow with some exhaust and uh, no one would know the difference. So, yeah, that's uh, been a major part of it. Obviously, these things are getting a bit more expensive these days um, and worth probably more on the, the street um, as they are as a race car. So, 
that was that's always been top of mind to try and keep it um, uh, yeah, street worthy. Gee, that's a nice little uh, fine balance you're walking there between both. Um, you, you're right, you know, when, when I think about it, gee, with her ordinary set of tyres and, uh, you know, as you say, if she was parked, you couldn't hear her run, she certainly would look uh, completely street uh, street labels, an absolute uh, a beautiful vehicle. And I certainly understand it must be uh, tempting to, uh, you know, not to put it back on the road and, uh, you know, use it for the value that it's worth these days. They're worth an absolute mint, the SLR's 5,000s, as you certainly know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Roger, I just want to ask you also, um, tell us about your love of motorsport. When and where did it all begin for you? In other words, you know, did you race juniors? Was it Whoop Ass Wednesday, a spectator like myself? Um, you know, was it a, a, a family friend you followed? How did you get into motorsport? Well, it's a, it is a long story, um, but I'll try and keep it as short as possible for <laughs> yes, you. I understand. Um, yeah, well, look, we had a, a very good friend of ours, um, uh, Crude, for Roy Hudson um, back at Ravenswood on his dragster called Cyclops um, back in would have been, I don't even know when it was, early 1990s. Um, and that was when Roy was famous rather than his uh, brother Clive now these days. Um, and uh, so we kind of went down with him every now and again. We got to meet the Hudsons. Um, and uh, I, I'm a mechanic by trade myself. Um, I haven't worked on cars uh, for 20 plus years but um, you know, I was going down there, I was learning what they were doing and watching and, and became basically a fan of the sport um, uh, from there um, and so, so I kind of, that was, like I say that was probably early 90s to, to mid 90s and then from about 2000 to 2010 I went away from motorsport altogether um, I didn't go down to the motorplex when it moved. Although that moved closer to me, it would have made more sense to start going back down there. But I kind of just put it aside. I was obviously had a young family. We needed to get the, the house up and running, uh, get the kids raised and everything along those lines. So um, a friend of mine, we were just sitting around having a few beers um, around a barbecue and um, uh, he had a hotted up car and he was talking to me and said, uh, do you want to come, uh, come down to Drags with us on the weekends? Uh, door slammers are running. I'm like, God, I haven't been to Drags in 10 plus years. Yep, I'll, uh, I'll come. Well, I went once. Within five minutes, I was booked. Within a month, I'd bought the Tirana. And <laughs> that, that history yeah, is... I love it. Every time that the Motorplex has opened since then, I've, uh, I've been there. Uh, it was like a welcoming home for me, if anything. Um, I absolutely love the sport. I'm a student of the sport. Uh, I'm kind of, if uh, I don't like watch any television, if I'm doing anything, I'm on my iPad researching something somewhere of some combination on how to do something. So, um, yeah, I absolutely, uh, yeah, live and, uh, and breathe it. So, uh, but yeah, it's pretty much thanks to the Hudson family. Um, for you know, making me so welcome in those early days. I'm still very good friends with them um, today. Um, and, yeah, it's, um, it's people like that that introduce you into the sport and you know, pretty much become family, I have, um, with, uh, with their family. And, it's, uh, that, and that's where you just end up with the love of the sport. It's not only the motorsport, it's the people that are um, in the sport that, uh, that just make it so good. Absolutely. And Roger, I want to ask you about your crew members since you've, you know, you've mentioned the people that uh, you know, are involved in your team, involved in the sport. Can you let us know about your team members, please? 
Yeah, absolutely. So obviously Stuart's uh, our crew chief, so he calls himself anyway. Um, <laughs> he's going to love that when I tell him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, he's uh, he's he's been invaluable for, yeah. for the help that he's given yes. me over the years. Um, uh, look, obviously my wife and uh, my daughter have been a big part. They they come down and uh, help us out, and without sounding totally sexist, you know, uh, we do the car stuff and. Um, uh, you know, they look after us with the food and uh, making sure that everything's uh, good in that area and, uh, uh, you know, very traditional family uh, scenarios there. But, um, uh, you know, my uh, son, uh, my daughter's um, uh, boyfriend now, Brandon, um, he um, helps us out um, uh, as well. And uh, due to an unfortunate circumstance with Ray Lecoq's car this year, he's had some problems with his engine. Um, which has left him on the sidelines, and he's been helping me out. Um, he actually just left the workshop uh, no more than about half an hour ago, um, helping me on the other car. So uh, he's been just an absolute um, pleasure to have around and uh, help us this year as well. So I definitely couldn't do without um, your, your support, that's for sure. This sport's not a, a one-person sport um, by any means. It, it is. A, I actually call it a selfish sport because it seems like one person gets all the glory, um, but it takes at least four or five people to get every car down that track every uh, every meeting. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they they deserve all the credit, that's for sure. Here, here, that is so perfect. Uh, you know, when I look, walk around the pits, I see families all the time. You see teams and families, and it's uh, it's really refreshing. You know, I, I certainly go see other sports, for instance, and, <clears throat> you know, ball sports, and quite often the uh, with ball sports, the parents will drop the kids off to play soccer or something, go do some shopping, come back an hour, a couple of hours later, pick them up and take them home. Whereas, um, you know, with the uh, motorsport and drag race in particular, the families involved, is, you always see the families uh, getting in and supporting each other. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's really good to see, you know, in, in this environment of, uh, you know, difficulty with, uh, with families. 100%. Uh, I call it a lifestyle, not a uh, not a sport. It's, it's something that you live and breathe. Um, you know, most of us uh, racers um, and crew and use guys commentators, you know, if we're not doing it, we're thinking about it. Um, and, you know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes um, in the sport, in sheds every week, every that goes unseen. And, um, uh, yeah, it becomes a lifestyle, that's for sure. It's kind of funny, you know, you talk about um, the amount of work that goes on and you're darn right um, and you see the finished products that turn up at the racetrack, they're absolutely spick and span like they're off the showroom floors. I'm talking the cars and the bikes, for instance. Um, yeah, it's oh. it's just, it is just special. It's uh, the pride, the love and the pride in the uh, in the vehicles that the guys and girls race is just special. It's, uh, you know, it's great to see people that have a genuine passion for whatever it is in life, have a genuine passion. Um, it's you know it's something I, I really enjoy, and I get a lot out of uh, out of seeing other people with with a similar passion. Oh, 100%. You, you, you thrive on it and you feed off of it from um, from uh, each other, basically, and you get the best out of each other that way. Yes, absolutely. Now, Roger, a really uh, big event coming up, the No Prep Kings, that is the uh, the US yeah. Outlaw Street uh, boys coming over to take on the WA lads. Well, I tell you what, they're going to go home with their tail between their legs, I reckon, um, but it'll be, oh. it's going to be a great show. And, uh, Roger, you've made a call out. In actual fact, uh, you've called out uh, Murder Nova. Can you tell me? A little bit of that about that, please, Roger. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, 
Obviously, we've all been on very limited um, knowledge of what's going on, when it was happening. When they first announced it, I thought, because I have the full chassis car sitting in the corner, and believe it or not, I was actually in the process of putting it together because I was hoping to have the car ready for the test and tune for the Western Nationals um, uh, on, I think it's like the 1st of March or something along those lines, the Wednesday. And... um, uh, but I was kind of, that was probably being a little bit optimistic with uh, getting the car ready in time. Um, and I kind of didn't, wasn't 100% sure on the way we were going with the car, uh, with the with the build. And when this came out, I thought the first week or two, I didn't do a call out. Um, and then I thought, no, I cannot um, have the, the likes of something as big a brand as the Street Outlaws come over to Perth, Western Australia and not be a part of it. So... We made a decision on uh, the, the way we were going to prep the car and uh, get it all uh, done. Um, and I'm looking at it right now as I sit here, and it's nothing but a chassis is engine sitting in the corner. And so I've got so much work to do, but we are going to thrash to get to, to get it done. So uh, I'm I, look. I'm really looking forward to a cold murder murder over out. I, uh, uh, I've given him a five hundred dollar um, bet uh, heads up. Um, and uh, yeah, we've given him a two thousand dollar call out um, if he gives us the hit. So uh, we're hoping that he'll um, he'll do that, and uh, yeah, we can really take it up to him. Gee, I hope so too. That's going to be an awesome race, a great event, obviously, but an awesome race. Uh, yourself up against Murder Nova. That's going to be. Oh, I just can't wait for that. It's going to be really, really good. Roger, look, just about to wrap up the interview. Um, just want to ask you: Is there anything else you like? Something you'd like to say? Uh, you know, like I was going to ask you about your PBs and your career highlights, but is there something you'd like to say? Um, well, I think we've pretty much covered most of the things. I mean, career highlights and things like that. Um, oh, look, I've, the highlight is just going down to the track and taking the car home in uh, one piece, basically. Yeah. Um, if meeting. Look, if there's a trophy in there somewhere along the line, then that's uh, an absolute bonus. I mean, look, probably the one trophy that I do race for, if we're ever racing for anything, is the gold Christmas tree when uh, the Western Nationals comes along. So that's... Uh, the next meeting after the Nitro meeting coming up. So um, that's one of my favourite meetings um, of the year. Always has been since uh, since I was spectating um, the Western Nationals. So that, uh, that's something that I'll be you know, trying very, very hard for. Um, but it, it, look, I don't try any harder. I just I'm hoping that uh, everything, all the ducks align on, on that particular weekend. Uh, I've been lucky enough to win a couple of gold Christmas trees uh, now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things um, that I really respect uh, Andrew and what they do for our sport. And um, to win one of those trees is the, the ultimate prize uh, for me. Gee, I tell you what, I'd be, uh, I'd be very happy to see you walk home with that uh, gold again. Uh, Andrew Gold Christmas Tree there, Roger. That'd be really, really good. Roger, I thank yeah. you very much for coming on board with uh, Drag Talk. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Welcome back to Drag Talk. Uh, got Super Sedan racer Kathy Regan here. Um, Kathy is uh, currently second place, I mentioned earlier on, just behind uh, Roger Morehouse. It's only five points in it. Uh, Roger Morehouse is on 375 points, and uh, Kathy's on 370. And uh, as I've been looking through the uh, through the stats so far this year, Kathy. Kathy could well actually have uh, almost should be in first position because uh, now, Kathy, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. How are you today? Okay. I'm 
good, thank you. That's great. Now, Cathy, I did want to start with uh, the round one, which was the Nitro Max earlier this year. And, uh, gee, you should have beaten uh, the reigning champion, uh, Roger. And unfortunately, in the final, you broke out. You dialed in a 9.25 and went far too fast with a 9.19 with a 7, 236 kilometres an hour with a breakout. And uh, Roger, he dialed in a 9.05 and delivered a 9.07 with a 3. Um, gee, yeah. if, if that was a valuable five points, you could have been on top. I realise there's still a, uh, several rounds to go, but, uh, gee, Cathy, did you, were you kicking yourself after that particular outing? Absolutely, I was. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, I can certainly yeah. understand. I mean, it was uh, pretty disappointing for yourself. Uh, when I look at the reaction times, you, you couldn't have done much better. Your reaction time was a point zero one nine, and Roger's was a point zero one five. So it was on for young and old from the start. Um, but yeah, it was. oh, just to break out by that smallest margin, Kathy. When you're um, you know getting towards the quarter mile, and there's oh gee, what. Uh, couple hundred feet to go. Do you think about what time you're on? Do you think about your dialing? Do you have a sense of how fast you're going? Or should I say not how fast you're going, but how quick you're going during that, uh, you know, that nine seconds of, of the pass? I, I do. I, um, I know it's going to be a good run from, from the start. Um, but, you know, when it's a final, I just like to I like to drive it out the back door pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just, you know, I, I try to, you know, dial in this. Like the car's consistent all day, so I try to dial in what it's been doing all day. Yes, indeed. I, I guess, um, you know, uh, my question is like, you know, uh, you know, when you're uh, on that uh, dialing of 925 and you delivered a 919, I mean, we're talking about what, uh, well, in actual fact, a 919 with a seven, so we're talking about what, five one thousandths of a second or thereabouts. Um, do, obviously, you know, you're on a good one. Do you at any stage feel like just feathering the throttle, or do you just want to drive it out the back door? You know, is it the thrill of just going as fast as you can? You know, what's the temptation there? You know, when you're yeah, on a good one, when you're on going. a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah when I'm on a good one, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's hard to judge it at the top end as well, you know, because some of the cars come up so quick behind me. Yeah. Um, no, so, but it's, it's so close. I mean, that race, you know, Roger was probably right there. I probably could see him, um, but, you know, it's too late now. I should have, you know, lifted, but I, I didn't. And, just, just drive out the back door. Just, you know, it's funny, um, Kathy. You made a good point there, and uh, just I'm going to ask you about your car in a minute. But uh, do you have a working rear vision mirror in the VK Holden Commodore? <laughs> yes, I do. You do. So, <laughs> and folks, I should and I'm be... always, always told, you know, do yeah. I look at my mirror? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I constantly get that from my husband. Yes. That's funny, and uh, folks, I want to point out that. Uh, Kathy Regan races a 1984 VK Holden Commodore, uh, yellow or golden in colour, beautiful yellow, absolute look, uh, you know, a superb uh, machine. You got the uh, six litre Chev on board, but yeah, I did wonder, you know, when you uh, you said you uh, you could see some, you know, some cars uh, catching you in the background. You know, did you have an idea where Roger was? And if you did, did it matter? You know, I mean, we, yeah, did you have the skinny pedal planted into the uh, firewall as hard as possible, no matter what? I suppose you did. I did, yeah. Yeah, just as Roger would too, I guess. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. Now, moving on to Golden States, uh, Kathy, you, uh, gee, unfortunately, again, you had a very poor round. Not again, I take that back. This was a particularly poor round. You read Linton the Eliminations in oh, round right, one yeah. up against Brian Hicks. Now, in all fairness, Brian probably shouldn't have been there being outlaw radial. He should have been his own category. And uh, maybe, they, <laughs> you know, in the, if all the planets had a lineup, there should have been a buy run and you should have uh, progressed yeah. to uh, round two. But yeah, eliminated in uh, round one of eliminations. Um, and a red light, and talk about close, a point double o eight. Gee, that's uh, yeah, that's the old drink driving mark, point double o eight. But uh, oh god, yeah, no, that uh, that really upset me actually, because you know I don't generally like a red light, but um, yeah, I don't know, I just must have staged a little bit too deep, and just because you know nothing had changed, I didn't change anything with leaving it on the light and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's just unlucky. Okay, indeed it was. And, of course, they're moving on the Blown Alcohol All-Stars. Um, the Chicago shootouts round one, you had a win over Nicholas Puglia. Um, with that round two, you had a win over Lee Watson. Uh, yeah, win over Lee Watson from Beat the Heat with a 19-19 with a four on a dial-in of a 19-19. How about this? So you dialed in a 19-19 and delivered a 19-19 with a four with a reaction time of a point zero one nine. Man, you were on the game that particular night. Yeah. And yeah, that was a good run. Absolutely. And round three, you beat Brody Zapier. And that was because uh, Brody had a breakout. So that was a bit of a lucky break in some respects. And then, of course, you got to the final up against Matt Galotto. And who broke out this time? I think it was yourself, <laughs> Kathy. Yes, you broke out. You uh, I'm dig- digging up all the dirt, aren't I? It was a nine seventeen was your dialing. <laughs> a nine seventeen was your dialing, and you de- delivered a nine fifteen with a nine. So, gee, it just wasn't meant to be. I got more to pick on you. The Summer Slam also a great outing. Summer Slam, you had a win uh, in the first round of the Chicago Shootout, a win in the second round, a win in the third round against against Sturkenberg, and unfortunately in the final, gee, uh, a loss to Marty Mirko. Um, yeah, well, I thought, you know, because the first two finals I broke out, so I thought, well, maybe I'll just change my dial in, and um, it went the opposite way. <laughs> Well, I guess, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's sometimes you can't win, Kathy. You know, it's, um, no, you, pro- you probably thought you know, later on in the night, cooler conditions, uh, should go a bit quicker, but yeah. just didn't, uh, didn't sort of work out. Yeah, <laughs> Indeed. And I mean, I really love these uh, contenders. I look again, Night of Fire. Who did you take on in round one of the Chicago shootout? Lee Watson. Um, in round two, who did you take on? Nicholas Puglia. In round three, Glenn Sturkenberg. So, um, you yeah. know, the, the, you're always racing. Racing the same two or three almost, and yeah. uh, but of course the night yeah. of fire. Unfortunately, there you uh, uh, had a breakout there, oh. and uh, yeah, round three. Yeah, that was uh, that was the last meeting. That was um, yeah, I didn't do well at all. The track was, I'll have to say, it was terrible. <laughs> didn't suit me at all. I just couldn't get the car down the track at all. No. So. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, no, indeed not. No. Well, Kathy, can you tell us? Uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about your personal stuff. Uh, what? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself. What are some of your interests outside of the motorsport? Uh, well, I don't really have anything besides playing with cars, really, because my son. If I'm, we're not doing stuff with my car. It's my son who has. Um, well, he's building his, his blown burnout car, so. We spend time working on that, and uh, 
just helping out friends with their cars and pretty much just we don't do anything else really. We'll meet up with some friends and have dinner, you know, every Saturday night and yeah, other than that, we just uh homebodies really. Cool, and your uh, your son's blown burnout car. Tell us about that. Um, yeah, it's a HR. A HR, okay. How old is he? He's twenty eight. Right, okay. And uh, has he has he owned the HR for a while? Is it, firstly is it a sedan or a Ute? It's a Ute. He's had it for a while. Yes. So he's uh, he built it built it up himself, like chopped it all up and built it. And now he's uh, he bought it out and um. You know, did a few events, yeah. and now he's taken it back and he's pulled it all apart again, and he's started again, and he's changed everything around, and it's going to come out at our motivation. Oh, to, oh, it will be out at Motivation 37. It's coming up on the 3rd, yeah. 4th and 5th of February. It's uh, not far away. Yeah. Oh, that'll be magnificent. Yeah. Gee, um, and uh, Kathy, have you ever been a, a passenger while he's out doing a skid in his skid car? Yeah. You have? Oh, yep, brilliant. Yep. Oh, no worries. Yep. And yep, no, he loves to see. I love to go on it. Oh, good. I was going to say, have you actually yep. skidded a car yourself? Uh, no. No, well, not no. yet. <laughs> no, not legally, you're saying there, Kathy. No, not legally. <laughs> it's all cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't. I, I want to have a go in his HR. So he's setting it up as well, but yeah. um, uh, it can be drag race as well. Oh, nice. So, like that. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that I can have a go. Um, down there in the radial class or something like that. That'd in be the- brilliant. That'd be really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, gee, that's, yeah. that's great. Wow. And, uh, Kathy, yeah. while I've got you, just ask you a little bit about your first memories of motorsport and where did it all, where and when did it all begin for you? Um, oh, I my first memory. Um, well, it's probably because I met my husband when I was 17. So he was into, he's a motor mechanic. He was, you know, into building cars. So I used to sit in the shed and watch him and help him and, um, that's pretty much where it all started. And then, you know, he used to build, you know, hold up little trainers and things like that. Um, and uh, then we just got a group of friends together. We started to go Wednesday nights and then I did the fast series and I said, I want to step it up and, you know, race properly. And, yeah, here we are. It's actually one of the questions I want to ask you was uh, where did your love of motorsport uh, begin? And you know, as as an example, juniors whoop ass Wednesday, a spectator, a family yeah. friend, and it began with a whoop ass Wednesday for yourself. Yeah, it was whoop ass. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Brett Stewart from Formula Tech Performance uh, will be pretty uh, proud to hear that, being the sponsor of uh, Whoop Ass Wednesday. Actually, speaking of Whoop Ass Wednesday, coming up next week is V8 night. And as you know, we have a half-price entry for all uh, V8s that uh, turn up and race. So a good opportunity to uh, bring down uh, some cars in the family if uh, if uh, maybe the young fella could get his car out for a bit of a, a couple of passes there on Wednesday. Next Wednesday, V8 night? Uh, Who knows? Maybe no, not. I but, uh, no, I don't think that could. No. But, of course, Kathy, yeah. have you heard about our uh, new competition, which is the uh, the um, re- sorry the uh, elapsed time, so your dial-in elapsed time competition, uh, which we're running on uh, Whoop Pass Wednesdays, thanks to Formula Tech Performance. It's basically we're running a jackpot. So um, if you can nail your elapsed time during the um, reaction time uh, session between from 7 o'clock to approximately 8 o'clock, there is $500 on the line, which jackpots each week. 
So, wow. uh, yeah, that's a bit of incentive, isn't it? So, um, that <laughs> might help. Maybe I'll put that to Well, I know it's it's not bad at all. So that's uh, yeah, but ba- basically yeah. each week, if uh, somebody doesn't yeah. nail their um, their dialing, and we're talking to the thousands, so you know we're not going to make it easy. <laughs> not going to say oh, get within oh, roughly ten seconds or something. No, no, you know within yeah. the, up to your thousands. But somebody could take home a big fist of cash. So that's a an absolute bargain for Formula Tech Performance Whoop Pass Wednesdays. And yeah, um, that's obviously yeah. I also started there uh, obviously as a spectator. But um, yeah, Whoop Pass yeah. Wednesdays. Now, Kathy, um, want to ask you about? Um, can you describe the feeling of race days? You know, I've I've told you a couple of times uh, you've been driving along Thomas Road and I've been behind you, not keen to overtake because I don't want to upset you and that sort of thing. Um, but what's your what's it like race day? Do you get a good night's sleep before? Not at all. Do you work on the car till midnight the night before, or are you just oh, nice no. and relaxed? Everything's sorted. What's it like? Tell us about your race day experience. Pretty relaxed. I want to have everything done and ready to go the night before. Um, it's not a late night. I generally sleep through the night. Um, I get up early, though, and get myself all organised. I'm just waiting for you know everyone else to wake up and get ready. And then we just uh, load the car up and away we go. So uh, not too bad. Yeah. I just try to try and keep, you know, calm. Easier said than done sometimes, I guess. (laughs) I suppose, do you ever get to the track and, uh, you know, you're ready to go and think, oh, hang on, I forgot something. (laughs) Does does that happen occasionally? Uh, (laughs) There's only once I've ever done that and I forgot the keys to the car. Oh, no. Um, So I've had to race home and get them because we couldn't get off the trail, obviously, but that was only once. I thought somebody might have. I was hoping somebody might have loaned your coat hanger or something or similar, you know? Oh, no, no. It's like coat hangers on the VK. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. No, fair enough, too. I wouldn't do the same. But uh, okay. And speaking yeah. of the uh, VK, tell us about your ride. Tell us about the car, the uh, 1984 Holden VK Commodore. Um, I don't know yeah. if I've asked you before, how long have you had it? Um, tell us all about it, please. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was originally my husband's daily driver. We bought it um, just as, yeah, like a daily driver. It's actually an ex-police car from Queensland. Oh, nice. Um, yep. So it's, you know, it's had, had a 308 in it. So he was driving that around. And then um, he said to me that I could have it to set up as a race car. Uh, so, yeah, we set it up. Um, started off with an LS3 to start with, just to get me going. And then um, we bought an LSX 454R and put it in there. Um, and that's what I've had ever since. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what sort of terminal speeds do you reach as a rule there, Kathy? I think I've got you down as about a, what, 236 on a couple of occasions. Is that about what you expect? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it at the moment. Next, next season I want to step it up a bit, but um, at the moment, you know, I was told that I have to uh, do better this season before we could... Uh, do some improvements on the car, so that's what I'm trying to do. I see. So, so you were told you have to improve. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last season wasn't too good, so I got told to, uh, you know, pull my head in, and um, so I was pretty much trying to do that. And, um, yeah. Okay. Now, Kathy, I want to ask you about uh, reaction times. How do you read the Christmas tree? Seriously, how do you do that? Uh, 
How do you get the accuracy? Uh, you know, when I look at your reaction times, yeah, point zero one nine and and so much better. Point double oh eight, even on the negatives. But how do you get so close with your reaction times? Uh, well, I do run a delay box. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, so um, I just, you know, as soon as I see that light, I just, you know, let my finger go and it's just I've got to be watching that light nonstop. Like I'm, I'm staring at it pretty much um, to try and get it the same all the time. Do you have a, like, for instance, yeah. do you leave um, on the uh, the second amber, anything in particular? Yeah. In the, yeah, really? Yeah. That early? Okay. Yeah, yep. the, the first one, yeah. Do you, yep. like, do you like to shallow stage, deep stage, one in particular, or doesn't really matter? Shallow. No, yeah, likewise. No, I, yeah, yeah. Likewise, I need that little buffer. Yeah, that, yeah, that little yeah. running running head start. Yeah. Even though it's only 200 metres, it gets you out of the blocks, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Kathy, uh, another yeah. question. I'm going to wrap it up soon. I'm sorry about keeping you on the line. It's a th- uh, Friday uh-huh. evening over here, and I'm sure you've got plenty of other things to do. But, um, Kathy, I want to ask you, if there wasn't racing in your life, what would you be doing? Oh, Good question. Yeah, I thought I'd stump you. I've been trying to stump you all night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I would do. Um, I'd have to find something else to do. I couldn't not do anything. Um, what could I do? Well, I tell you, there's some basic. Oh. There are some questions, like for instance, you know, there's some standard questions you ask people. Quick questions like fishing or golf. Oh no! Fishing. Fishing. At least you can eat. Yeah. At least you can eat what you catch. I'm the same, you know. Like um, yeah. when we yeah. were kids, uh, you know, Dad was a great uh, grower of different things, and he'd only grow fruit and veg because you couldn't eat flowers. <laughs> so oh, the same yeah. with playing golf or fishing. At least you can eat what you catch with fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another yeah. quick uh, one out of twenty questions. A random question is steak or seafood. Yes, oh, like that, like that. Okay, uh, beer or wine? Wine. Okay, oh, wine. Okay, uh, wine or bourbon? Uh, wine or, or whiskies or um, spirits? Uh, spirits. Spirits. Okay, I thought you were going to say yes, please. <laughs> 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 All right, Kathy. Well, I tell you what, thank you very much for coming on board for uh, episode two of Drag Talk. Um, as I say, we uh, had Roger Morehouse on a little bit earlier on and uh, can't thank you again enough for your time. I'm sure we'll have another chat uh, in the future and talk a little bit more about your uh, about everything to talk about uh, with yourself and your racing, uh, all those components. Um, so thanks again, Kathy. Very much appreciate it. Well, folks... Uh, Thanks, Kathy. Well, folks, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Please give us a like and a share, and uh, soon I'll have uh, a drag racing, uh, sorry, a drag talk Facebook uh, page linked in, and I'll try to uh, have some uh, visual content, you know, maybe some pictures of Roger and uh, Kathy. But until uh, the next episode, uh, please be good and see you soon. Good night, folks.